Welcome to Nature Back Podcast. My name is Tarmo Verki, and in this episode I'm talking with Patrick Flesner on sidelines of Startup Day Festival in the town of Tartu in southern Estonia. Patrick is a partner at Leadex Capital Partners and author of bestseller book Fast Scaling. He has two more books coming out this fall. Hey there, I'm Merit, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Single Earth, and we are building a nature-backed currency to empower you to fight against climate change and biodiversity loss. Sign up at Single.Earth and be among the first to switch to a truly sustainable, nature-based economy. And don't forget to join the discussion around climate change and biodiversity loss on our Discord channel. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Patrick, to the Nature Backed. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Uh, well, uh, we're sitting today uh, in Tartu, of all places, at the uh, sidelines of Startup Day. Tell us a few words about why are you at the Startup Day? What have you done in the startup world to, you know, for them to put you on stage here? Yeah. So I think the journey started 17 years ago. I started out as a lawyer working in private equity on uh, multi-billion dollar transactions, uh, mainly PE. And after my inset MBA, I focused more on venture. Um, that was eight, nine years ago, oh, or 13 years ago, ah, a long time. And yeah, so I got more and more involved in the ecosystem. I also advised Metro Group, the big wholesaler, um, with regards to their venture act. Companies succeed while others fail. And I've realized that what I call, so the most, most startups that fail have kind of bad cash burn which means they burn cash um, to create the product, to create the tech, to invest in marketing and sales. So they build the plane while flying. And the good cash burn in, in the companies that succeed is actually they do not burn cash in product and tech anymore. They have found product market fit, have validated the business model, and they invest cash in order to capture market share. And... Um, yeah, there are studies out there founded, they call it premature scaling. Stanford and Berkeley University had, have done that study. And then, you know, there was a pattern. And when the pandemic hit, I decided, you know, I, I do not have to commute anymore. So I can now write a book, yeah, which was certainly under, totally underestimating what it means to write a book. And the funny part is, when I published it, um, I was to speak at uh, Arctic 15 and Jana Meri. Um, said to me, why, why not? Why not uh, have a LinkedIn, LinkedIn post, a competition about fast and growing businesses, and whoever wins, you know, gets a free signed copy. And yeah, Harry Tallinn uh, won. He he got the book, and uh, that was one and a half years ago. And Harry and I, we are still in touch. And, and uh, yeah, now I'm here, and I've been speaking at Investor and Startup Day. That's mm. that's life, right? Absolutely, accidents happen, and uh, the more you get out, get out and get things done, the more accident hap- accidents will happen. Yeah. Um, True. Late stage companies of five to ten million uh, revenues. Is it safer to invest invest in later stages? Yeah, it's safer. Yeah, you take less risk, um, and especially now, you, know, you must know we are backed by a strategic investor. They hate insolvencies. So our goal was never to create a fund um, determined by the power law where you need to create one unicorn and then everything is good. It was more about building a strong portfolio of companies that you know make sense also for Metro Group from a strategic perspective and you know that will get to the finishing line. And certainly if you invest uh, later stage, people 
have validated that it works. There is a market need. There is a product. So the main question is actually, is the team able to scale the business? Um, yeah, and, and we've, um, we are currently divesting this fund, have um, already done two great exits, not unicorns, but um, I think uh, yesterday in my, in my speech, I talked about this party at the beach where founders have uh, bought their house at the Côte d'Azur. I think the founders can buy this house now. Mm-hmm. And, and also we make good returns. And we have one company in the portfolio, Matsmart, the Swedish company, where I think this is a great company, a great team that can actually become a unicorn. So I'd say the strategy worked, mm-hmm. um, but it was a diff- different strategy than usually venture capital investors pursue. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you said the, the basically the challenge is that for the, whether the managers can scale this. Uh, and often, often there is a kind of point of... Uh, and a kind of breaking point in the startup life when you have the founders there who get the company from zero to one, yeah. but then you need the next person yeah. or you need that founder to you know learn, develop, uh, change. Yeah. Um, how much is this breaking point kind of killing companies? Or yeah. that's a good question. So in my presentation here, I've shown one statistic that says nine out of ten startups fail. So one succeeds. And the question is, you know, what is success? And I, I, I've said, for me personally, if I created a 5 million revenue businesses with a 40% margin, I would bring home 2 million each year. Mm. Yeah? I do this five times. I have my house at the Côte d'Azur. Yeah? So for me, that would be a great success. That's not what venture capital investors look for, what many founders not look for. Right? So I dive deeper into the statistics and I found one that said 99.4-ish percent um, don't make it beyond 10 million in revenues. So for me, conclusion, it's already difficult to build a decent startup, but it's incredibly difficult to scale a business. And then the, certainly the question is, why? Huh? Mm. And in my first book, Fast Scaling, I showed a way how, how founders can actually avoid this kind of premature scaling, how they can go about systematically, how, how to go systematically about b- building businesses. Um, but this is only growth strategy, which at the end of the day is only a leadership decision, right? Which strategy to pursue. And if I look into other statistics, I ask founders, they all tell me, you know, we ran out of cash. That's the reason for failure. And I said yesterday, actually, that's not the reason for failure. Yeah? Startups do not fail because they run out of cash. They run out of Cash because the leaders fail. It's always a leadership decision. Mm. No, sometimes leaders say, well, but my chief revenue officer said we should go after that market. And they say, who hired that chief revenue officer? It wasn't me, it was the HR department. (laughs) Who hired the HR department? So it's maybe unfair, Mm. but at the end of the day, it's all about leadership. It's all about the founder. And for me, as an investor, I've learned whatever I see, if I don't see a strong leadership team, a strong leader, I don't invest because it's leadership that you need to embrace if you want to lead and scale a 50 employee, 100 employee, 500 employee business. It's about, as Simon Sinek says, it's not about the customer anymore. You are not in charge of the customer. You are in charge of the people who are in charge of the customer. And if you cannot lead people, you will fail. And, and if you are a bad leader, you will not attract great talent because great talent wants to work for great leaders. And you no, know, the conclusion was the new books, right? Mm. I, I wrote the leadership books. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, but for the for the typical founder yeah. to actually start to manage people instead of clients, yeah. it's a huge leap. Yeah, absolutely. And and when I talk to founders, you know, I said, you know, I tell them you need to start now developing your leadership skills. Yeah, you cannot only look outside the company; you need to look inside because at some point in time, you you will realize, damn, now I have to lead. Yeah, I cannot make all decisions anymore, and then it's too late. You cannot learn leadership, you know, just you know, opening up a book or attending one course. Or um, it's like I always say, they are overwhelmed by what they heard, what they hear. Like I should trust and inspire. I should empower. I should hire people who are better than me, and they should tell me what to do. Um, how 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 much do I have to be involved? Actually, should I be totally hands off or involved in execution? So many questions, and, and you know, leadership comes in a piecemeal fashion. You read great books, start with why, uh, trust mm -hmm. and inspire, from good to great. They t tell you also, hey, be humble. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's, it's pretty hard for a founder to, to really go about becoming a leader, transitioning from founder to leader in a systematic way. I think that's challenging, but if they don't do it, they will fail. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they have to start somewhere. Uh, mm -hmm. And the whole company will fail, not yeah. only them. Uh, exactly. You know, in the early stage, that they are the crucial part of their kind of growth journey yeah. of any startup. Yeah, and, and I think about it. You know, if you if you start out with f four or five people, and then maybe then ten, yeah, you can you can be involved as a, as a founder in all decisions. Mm -hmm. And if they, the decisions are, are wrong, you you pivot. Yeah, and, and I, I say they incur leadership debt if they make poor leadership decisions. But you can repay that debt early on. Mm. But at some point in time, if you're too big, yeah, you cannot be involved in all decisions anymore because then you come and become a bottleneck and, and bring, bring the whole organization to, to a halt. Mm. So you need to have people who do not ask for permission, who do not ask for approval, who can make important decisions themselves. And in order to create that kind of organization, you need to be a strong leader. So I don't know where this point is, but probably when you, when you reach like 20 employees, 30 employees, then it becomes crucial. And, mm. and that is the latest point in time where you should realize, ah, I need to transition to a leader now, uh, which is hard. Uh. But for many companies, the solution is hiring the leader from outside. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you can do this. And, and I think it's, it's amazing. I, I admire the founders who realize I can build companies, but I'm not the right one to scale them. And they say, I take a back seat now. Mm -hmm. I go onto the board of directors, and we hire someone who can who, who can scale this business. Mm -hmm. It's also a solution, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, then then I, I as, a, as a founder say I will never be a leader, mm -hmm. and I just become a serial founder. And yeah. whenever I I get to the stage, I hand over the reins to someone else, and which is which is really cool. But I don't know whether there's a statistic, but I doubt that you know many founders are so self-aware. Uh, and realize and want to let go. Mm. Uh. Um, yeah, the statistics would be probably hard to find. Uh. But uh, from you know, from the people I know, I I can see the logic there, and I also really admire the people who can say that you know my core skill is finding the new markets. I'll have the, another guy to come in as a CEO. I'll go to you know be a new business VP or something else yeah. in the organization. That's uh, that happens, but probably not as often as should yeah. happen. Yeah, but Imani, if I were a founder and I, I were to realize I'm not a leader, there were like the two two options, right? You know, go out and found again, or 
become a leader. Yeah. For me personally, I love challenges and I would love to, to at least try to see whether I can actually turn into a leader. But maybe this is also the danger that mm. many think, you know, I give it a I try and you know, they just fail yeah. Yeah, because it's not easy. You don't, mm. don't it's, it's easy to become a leader. Yeah. But as you said, you love challenges. So yeah. writing uh, the first book was a challenge bigger than you expected. Yeah. But then you decided to do two more. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually, you know, when, when the first one became a bestseller, mm. I, I, I realized, okay, I know now why probably 70% of all startups fail. And I asked myself, what actually about the rest? Yeah, and then I started this research again, and then I realized it's actually all about leadership. And I realized when my conversation with founders, they didn't know where to start. Mm. And then it was like, you know, oh yeah, I could, I could write this book, but then I will have to start again. And, and it, it's a long journey. And I didn't dare to tell my wife. <laughs> and actually I told her at some point in time, I would write one new book. I didn't tell her it was two. <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's, For me, it was really rewarding to get this feedback from founders actually from across the globe who just, you know, won a LinkedIn post. I don't know why I started reading this book at 2 a.m. in the morning, but I can't stop reading. You should do as well. This is, this is kind of so rewarding that, you know, I, I help people. And I think with the new book and new books, I think hopefully I can achieve this again, that people say it was so incredibly difficult to, to start on, on this leadership journey. Your books helped me. Mm. Uh, and then I said, okay, actually challenge, why, why not write it in, in, in as a novel? Yeah? Because, you know, embed the whole story, the leadership path into, into a novel. And that was a challenge for me because I've never written a novel, but I always wanted to. So I, I started out there. Um, and then at some point in time, I said, and I fall in love with this novel, I must say. Yeah? I really love it. Yeah? And it's, I'm proud. Yeah? But also I thought, okay, But there will be the people who actually look for the similar book like Fast Scaling. Right? You know, it's structured with key learnings. Um, mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I, probably I do both. Huh? I write the, the guide and I write a novel and together it's like kind of a system that, uh, you know, both books can work standalone, but reading them both is, is helpful because in the conversations in the novel, um, it's about a founder and a business angel they talk certainly about all the typical founder problems and the business angel helps uh, him, uh, also she as a business angel helps him a little bit, you know, on his path and, and challenges him a bit. And so there are really a lot of um, real life situations that I've had with founders, you know, went into this novel while the, while the guides, again, like more German style, straight to the point, mm. uh, um, certainly introducing the whole concept. Why? Why is the leadership house this framework that you should follow? And then I dive deep into each each um, element of the, of the of the framework. Um, yeah, now it's it's the books are with the editors, um, and it's only a few weeks until until they will be published. It's mm. pretty exciting. And today I have to go back to Germany. It's again a nine or ten hour trip, so I'm I'm still you know working a little bit on the guide. Uh, mm. A few last okay. sentences uh, changes. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting times. Yeah. Yeah, I remember recently seeing uh, German fiction about the startup world on Netflix. Um, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've watched this as well. Um, what's the name? Uh, Think Stunk something. This, the, was, this was awesome. Yes, it was. It's about the, yeah, the, the, the financial institution failure. Um, Wirecard. Wirecard, yeah. Yes. I liked it a lot. 
I liked it a lot. And it, indeed, in a way that there's probably a sequel coming, yeah. the season two. Yeah, yeah. No, but really, I, I, I liked it a lot. So worth, uh, for everyone who's listening, it's, it's, it's worth watching. Huh? Yes, something to add to your start, startup uh, TV watch list uh, yeah. following the US series also. The, the German one was really, really yeah. well done. Okay, people, but people say the, the characters are, are not really 100% as, as they were in reality, but it was really about, you know, I think it's, it's close to, to what reality. you can see. Yeah. It's close to what you can see, probably. Well, yes. The um, what I wanted to ask you: the uh, the fund you guys were setting up for uh, Metro, yeah. uh, the logic of uh, you know not failing with your investments. Yeah. That's probably not that common in the VC world. Yeah, yeah. I think that's wh- why we are not a typical VC fund. Mm. Or is it is it more common in a corporate VC space? Probably. Yeah, is. absolutely. Mm. Uh, I mean. So when I joined, my, my idea was we need to create something that is, looks, uh, is, is, is known in the industry. Mm. Yeah? So if, if, you, if you go out, want to good, make, make good investments and you invest from the balance sheet, people already smell your corporate. Mm. Yeah? So the idea was from the very beginning, we need a separate fund, we need a typical fund structure and we need good people from the venture industry, not people from the corporate world that, that have done M&A and they now say, I can, that's the same. I, mm. I can also do venture capital. Yeah. So everyone in the fund was, was a PE or VC professional. We had separate funds. Um, and the goal was to create financial returns in a specific segment. Uh? But nevertheless, if you are backed by this corporate, a publicly listed company, they don't want to report on insolvencies every second week. So even if you're kind of separate, you always have this in mind that yes, there's a link to the corporate world and that this also holds you back as a team mm. and has also become quite frustrating over time because some deals we couldn't make because the corporate just asked, why, why should we? And we had to pass some really cool deals, mm. which is frustrating for the team. Um, at the same time, you know, if, if, if you always have to look for immediate impact for a corporate and you have to invest in startups yeah that's that's a that's a tricky one um and i've written also in 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 renowned journals like mit slow management review about corporate venture capital in the corporate venture capital magazine i've written about corporate venture capital i think i understand how it could work but it's so difficult to get this corporate you know into this mindset that venture capital is a marathon that you you know there are failures um, you need to invest in many companies. You cannot just say, it's, I only invest if, if I immediately have an impact on my business. Um, so I think I wouldn't say we failed because we've made good investments and the fund returns will be good. But I think we could have been better um, if we had been fully independent. And that's what we are currently. Yeah? We, we sp- spun out of Metro Group. Mm. We are an independent team now. We're raising our own fund. So let's see where, where this journey uh, brings us. But it seems we are also a little bit risk averse. We, we, we will not really change the strategy. Mm. We are still not unicorn hunters, but focus on, on good businesses where we believe, mm. like, like the Swedish business, it can become a unicorn, but it's okay if we, if we make three or four times our money. Mm. The, uh, is the focus, the focus still remaining kind of in a retail related sector or will you be looking the world wider or in a different way? Yeah. So, I mean, our, let's say our focus is, from financial metrics, it's about more than 10 million revenues and 
EBDA positive, so between zero and five million EBDA, because more than five million, then this company becomes relevant for PE again. Mm. Um, but if the companies are EBDA positive and yet and, and growing maybe 30, 40% only, they're not interesting for venture, mm. which, which is a niche, which is already, I think, not easy to find good companies there. So if we would narrow it further down, I think um, then our, our uh, you know, opportunities um, would be too small. So, so I think we look for tech companies in the space and we need to understand the industry. We understand consumer industries. We understand impact sustainability. Um, so this is you know, kind of where we're looking for. Business model, we are kind of agnostic, but something in consumer industries needs to have really tech component that's that's actually what we're looking for. Mm, huh. So really, kind of sector agnostic yeah. is probably the keyword. Uh, and from the other side, the keyword is that the the certain stage where they've kind of validated in full, yeah. already making decent money, but not yet uh, skyrockets. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you're profitable, you kind of and, and ten more than ten million, then there is obviously a, a working business model. Mm. We could also. So the idea was to invest 50% in really profitable business and 50% in cash burning companies. But then again, what I said before, good cash burn, yeah, mm-hmm. where it's only about capturing Scaling. market share. Yeah. Exactly. Ah. Okay. Interesting. The good cash burn and bad cash burn, and uh, it's uh, the, the analogy we we're earlier making about uh, you know building the plane while flying. Yeah. Um, on analogy level, it sounds totally impossible, but some startups succeed in that, right? Yeah. How, how how is that possible? Oh, good, good people, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think it's certainly it's possible. Mm. Um, it's just more complex, and the chances are just high that you run out of cash because you don't get a, ne- a next cash injection. Mm. Yeah. So you can do this, you can succeed, and many founders, or not many founders, but you, we know uh, the famous many, ones. many known founders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, and the problem with these known founders is. You know, uh, the others want to emulate this yeah. this this behavior, and they f- miserably fail. So you can see this, and that's great. But it's 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 like uh, like nature. You know, you crawl, you walk, you run, and and now we cannot fly, but we can fly with, with planes. But you know, some people seem to manage. They they start flying, and then and learn to crawl. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that that's great. But I think that's not nature. Nature, <laughs> and and. Also, building businesses can there are many analogies um, that you can have with with, with nature and, and mm. crawl, walk, run is I think a good one. Mm, absolutely. Uh, maybe last thing to yeah. start wrapping it up the uh, the book writing. Yeah. Uh, how do you do? How do you write a bestseller book? <laughs> good content, I guess. <laughs> huh? yeah, could be, but I'm sure there is like a lot of good content which has no readers whatsoever. Yeah, but but I think it starts there. No, I, I think you know. If if you if you look at the first book, there was blitz scaling, yeah, and so for me it was clear there is a market for these kind of books, and it's a pity that you know there's only blitz scaling because I think it's not smart to blitz scale. Mm. It's only smart in certain certain circumstances. So there was obviously a market for these kind of books where founders long for for a systematic way of of going about growing. So there was a market. I wrote in English because the market's then bigger. Um, so it's really about market, and then writing a book. I have to, I had to learn about writing a book. Yeah, I, I read about how to write books. Uh, I read content. Um, so the idea evolved over time. 
Mm. So you learn it. So I kind of, I built my plane while flying, <laughs> if, if I may. And now the leadership books. With a book, it's easier. You don't really have any you know, yeah. uh, risk of crashing. Yeah. Although I don't like the word easy in connection with writing a book, I must confess. No, I, I agree, it's not the easiest thing. I'm, I've also done yeah. one, so it's not the easy yeah. thing. And the second one, again, you know, as I said, you know, if, you, if, if I talk to founders, they don't know where to start. They, need, they want to have some kind of guide that they can mm -hmm. follow. And so there is obviously a need in the market. And now I actually know how to write guides. I didn't know how to write a novel, so I had mm -hmm. to learn this as well. But there, there is a need, and then it's about learning and, and for an investor to publish books i can tell you 15th march 2001 i think i published the first one hell that was um exciting and dangerous you know if if they had not liked uh, the book the people you know it would have hurt also my brand as an investor maybe our brand as a as a company as a fund um so it's also a risk um but in the second one i'm i'm more content uh. <laughs> more comfortable become more comfortable yeah, yeah. and uh, when is it out The Leadership House, the novel is out in November this okay. year, can be bought on Amazon. And the second one will be published in December, okay. also on Amazon. It's called Leading Effectively. That's the guide. Okay. And we'll add the, the links to the show notes after they are cool. published. Highly appreciate it. Good stuff. Thank you. Patrick. Thanks a lot. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Backed Podcast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electricast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electricast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electricast podcasts and hear the culture. Electricast. Electric acid.